Locked On Blackhawks, your daily podcast on the Chicago Blackhawks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Locked On Blackhawks podcast. I'm your host, Jack Bushman. You can find me out on Twitter at Jack Bushman2, or you could also go and check out my strictly Blackhawks account at Talkin' Hockey for all the latest Blackhawks news and updates. And real quick, if you're listening to the audio version of today's episode and you like what you're hearing, then please make sure to go and show some support first by following the podcast. You can also go and leave me a review if you want to as well. All that good stuff. Make sure to go and do it real quick because it certainly helps me out in a massive way. And also, you're definitely going to want to be sure to go and leave me a review because for those who still may be unaware, I will be giving away two free Blackhawks tickets to a game sometime here in the second half of the regular season. And all you have to do in order to qualify first You have to go and leave me a review on Apple Podcasts or on Spotify. You're also going to want to be sure to drop the name of your YouTube channel in that review because the second thing you need to do, you have to subscribe to Lockdown Blackhawks on YouTube in order to qualify for those two free tickets. You have to do both. So make sure to go do that for a chance to win those two free tickets. Also, with every episode having a video uploaded to YouTube each and every day, only makes sense to go and subscribe to the channel if you're a consistent listener. It's also 100% for free. It only takes two seconds, and it really does help me out tremendously. So make sure to go do all of that. While you're there, make sure to smash the like button down below on today's video. And last, but certainly not least, go and ring that bell. Turn on those push notifications, and that way you can get notified when the episode gets uploaded to YouTube each and every day. All right, enough of that. Good afternoon, everyone. Thank you all for joining me on another episode of Lockdown Blackhawks, your one-stop shop. For all things Chicago Blackhawks, and our Chicago Blackhawks folks have officially reached the NHL All-Star break as they have the next eight days off, uh, a 10-day break for this Blackhawks team. The next time they'll be in action is next Tuesday against the Anaheim Ducks. Their final game before this hiatus came over the weekend against the Edmonton Oilers as they wrapped up their three-game road trip out west. And quite honestly, folks, there there isn't a ton to break down from this Blackhawks 7-3 loss in that contest. They were simply outgunned by Connor McDavid, Leon Dreisaitl in the Oilers offense. And you can't expect to get in a track meet with that kind of team and think good things are going to happen. That's just not how it works against Connor McDavid. Uh, But the Blackhawks, they actually got off to a decent start in this game. It was a, a fine opening 20 minutes. They were kind of neck and neck with the Oilers there in that first period, the lone goal uh, for Edmonton came on the power play, which big shocker here, taking penalties also isn't a recipe for success. It's in fact a recipe for disaster against the Oilers. That's how they struck first to get on the board. Uh, but, but altogether, it was a, a fine start on the road for the Chicago Blackhawks. But then in the second period, things really began to unravel in a hurry. Uh, Connor McDavid had three points in the blink of an eye. The Oilers rattled off two goals, or excuse me, three goals in two and a half minutes. And all of a sudden, you look up and the Blackhawks are trailing five to one going into the third period. It was kind of like, what happened? You know, first period was fine, but then defensively, just breakdown after breakdown there in the second period, they couldn't stop the bleeding. When you can't do that against this team, you're in for a long night. And 
yeah, that's kind of what transpired over the last 30, 40 minutes of this game. The Blackhawks, to their credit, did fight all the way until the final horn sounded as they struck twice in the third period. Both goals came, um, the two goals, I should say, came from Jonathan Taves and Taylor Radish. They each scored their 14th goals of the season to tie Max Domi for the team lead. Probably the bright spot, uh, one of the few bright spots from the 7-3 to three loss. Blackhawks did fight until the end, but so did the Oilers. They added two more goals of their own in the third period as well. Tough night for Peter Morazic. Really didn't get any help from his defense. He ended up stopping 36 of the 43 shots that he faced. Rough night for his statistics, let me tell you. As someone who uh, tweets out the goalie stats from the morning skate for each and every Blackhawks game, Peter Morazic's numbers early on, I mean, they were pitiful. Like a 4-5 GAA and 8-70, save percentage. Over the last month or two, he had kind of quietly had those numbers creeping in the right direction, getting closer to that 900 save percentage number. And I believe his goals against, I don't think they are now. I'm actually going to check. Yeah, they they were below four there for a little bit. It's now back up to 405 for Mrazek on the season, unfortunately. So yeah, a tough night for his statistics, probably uh, undeserving because he, he did, I don't think you can blame too many of these goals on him. The Blackhawks defense was just getting onslaughted by by Edmonton there in that second period. So unfortunate to see the numbers take a dip for Peter Mrazek. And yeah, the Blackhawks wind up getting whooped 7-3 to for their third loss of the season to the Edmonton Oilers, a team they've actually found a good amount of success against in the recent years, most notably uh, beating the Oilers in that 2020 COVID bubble postseason, whatever you want to call it. It was technically a play-in round that the Blackhawks won, not an official Stanley Cup postseason victory. Um, But yeah, the same could not be said about this season. The Oilers won all three matchups. The first two were by just one goal, but this one, yeah, not so much, not as close. Blackhawks lose by four by a final of seven to three. And with that loss, folks, the Blackhawks uh, sit at 15 29 and 4 through 48 games with 34 points as they reach the NHL All-Star break. That has them second to last in the NHL in both points and points percentage, trailing only the Columbus Blue Jackets, who have 33 points through 50 games so far this season. And by the way, the Jackets do still have one more game before they reach their all-star break coming tomorrow night against the Washington Capitals. Hopefully they can find a way to come out of that one with a dub to put the Blackhawks in last place, at least in terms of overall points. I think Columbus will still have the edge in points percentage because they've played three more games than the Blackhawks. But it would be nice to see Chicago back in that 32 slot as we reach the all-star break. But undoubtedly, either way, folks, the Blackhawks are in a good spot right now. Uh, looking ahead towards the 2023 NHL draft. They're three points behind Anaheim at this point, four points behind Arizona, and seven behind San Jose. And as I just referenced, the only team they're ahead of is the Columbus Blues Jackets. They're only ahead of them by one point at the moment. So it's kind of looking like uh, I I know we have a lot of hockey left. There's no way around. It's still 30-plus games to go, but it's starting to look like this is kind of turning into a a four-horse race for the chance at a chance of landing the best odds for the number one overall pick. And that's where the Blackhawks front office wants to be right now. And 
you know, once I've talked about this a lot, once guys inevitably start getting shipped out, more losses are sure to come for this organization. So even though the Blackhawks have won seven of their last 11 games heading into the All-Star break, they're still sitting pretty right now in terms of the long-term goal, which is landing Connor Bedard later on this summer by uh, getting the number one pick in the 2023 NHL draft. All right, there is my quick recap of the Blackhawks reaching the NHL All-Star break. Enjoy the next 10 days off, folks. Coming up in just a moment, I will talk about Blackhawks franchise icon Bobby Hull passing away earlier this morning at the age of 84. But first, I need to talk to you all about Athletic Greens and their new AG1 product, which is something that I use every single morning because with just one scoop of AG1, it's incredible. You're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, mineral, minerals, probiotics, and more to help you start your day. And this special blend of ingredients is remarkable, folks. It helps support your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system your energy, your recovery, your focus, and even your aging. Basically, everything you can think about, AG1 is going to help you. And Athletic Greens was first created when the founder themselves experienced a ton of gut issues and ended up on a complicated supplement routine in order to recover. That used to cost them over $100 per day, believe it or not. But now, Athletic Greens has created both the optimal and affordable nutrition routine that'll cost you less than $3 per day, which is such a cheap and easy way to invest in both your health and your body. And I'm not kidding, folks. I really do feel the difference after I get my one scoop of AG1 in the morning, whether it's you know prior to me recording this podcast or whether I'm going to work or hitting the course with some of my buddies. I want to make sure that I'm locked and loaded, ready to go to start off my day. And I really do feel that difference with my one scoop of AG1 every single morning. And to help you out, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year surprise one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D along with five free travel packs with your first purchase. And all you got to do is go and visit athleticgreens.com slash NHL Network right now. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash NHL Network to take ownership over your health and to pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. All right, back here on the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast. Real quick, just want to say thanks again to everyone out there for making the show your first listen each and every day. Now, for your second listen, make sure to go and check out the Lockdown NHL Prospects podcast, which is a very relevant podcast for us Blackhawks fans right now because it'll be covering the next generation of hockey superstars leading up to the 2023 NHL draft. Plus, you'll also get draft rankings, and top prospect comparisons for every single team. So make sure to go and check out Lockdown NHL Prospects, which is available on YouTube, this app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Segment two, let's talk for a second, folks, about a more serious matter, the passing of Bobby Hull, aka the Golden Jet, earlier this morning at the age of 84. Weird moment. Um, Hull is a, a very complex and controversial figure for the Chicago Blackhawks for the game of hockey. Looking at what he did on the ice, he's still the Blackhawks all-time leader in goals with 604. He's third in points with 1,153 and sixth in games with 1,036 during his 15-year stint with the Blackhawks, where he also won the Art Ross Trophy three times, the Hart Trophy twice, and the Lady Bing Trophy once. 
Hull was also a 10-time first-team NHL All-Star and a huge part in helping the Blackhawks win the Stanley Cup back in 1961, which was, of course, uh, the last time they had won it before the dynasty era of 2010, 2013, and 2015. Hall was also inducted into the Hockey Hall of Fame back in 1983 and had his uh, number nine sweater retired by the Blackhawks that same year. And then in 2011, Hall also had a statue unveiled of him and Stan Mikita outside the United Center. And Listening to all these accomplishments and all these feats, Hall was also a huge part in kind of legitimizing the the WHA. Um, He was a historic figure on the ice, and with everything that he accomplished, you know, you would think his legacy should be all about being a franchise icon and being one of the biggest stars of the sport back in his day. But sadly, that's that's not the legacy that he leaves behind at all. As I already mentioned, it's undoubtedly controversial with a really bad history of off-ice behavior, including uh, domestic abuse and racism. There are some wild stories out there about Bobby Hole. There was an ESPN documentary back in 2002 with a wild story. Also, I believe it was back in 1997, a Russian uh, publicist had quoted Paul of saying some outlandishly racist things about Adolf Hitler. It's crazy. I'm not going to go too in-depth about those stories of Bobby Hall. You can easily just Google them yourselves and you'll find it very quickly, but undoubtedly left a stain on his legacy forever and rightfully so. I mean, a guy committing these types of acts and this type of behavior off the ice, he doesn't deserve to be remembered as a hero, as the figure that did all this stuff for the Chicago Blackhawks and was such a a notable hockey player and helped the Blackhawks win the Stanley Cup, all that kind of gets removed when you're a bad human being. And, you know, it's tough to talk about here today, undoubtedly, because I I don't want to tell anyone how to feel about Bobby Hall or or anything. You're all um, right in your own perspectives and you all are allowed to feel your own ways about things. It's just... It's really unfortunate when something like this happens and you kind of, you see two ends of the sword here. Like I remember hearing stories as a kid of my mom growing up, going back to the old Chicago stadium and going with her family to go see the Blackhawks and she'd go sit up by the glass and was in awe of how hard Bobby Hall could shoot the puck. I remember hearing those stories and to think he was, you know, someone that my mom looked up to back in those days. And then obviously for him to go on and do the things that he did off of the ice, it's, it's just a damn shame. And, um, it leaves us in a really weird spot here to talk about it. So I'm not here to tell anyone how to feel about Bobby Hall. I'm just stating the facts here. Clearly he wasn't a very good person off of the ice whatsoever. And because of that, it's going to be really interesting to see how the Blackhawks handle this when they return to action uh, against the Anaheim Ducks on February 7th. That game will come at the United Center. And with the Blackhawks obviously not handling the whole Kyle Beach situation well at all, they're going to be in the spotlight here for how they kind of react to Bobby Hole. You know, he, he was an ambassador for this team for 10 years before I think they made the correct decision to kind of part ways with him this, this offseason. But his number nine sweater still retired. The statue is still there. And it's going to be really interesting to see how the Blackhawks handle this. So tragic that Bobby Hall 
passes today at the age of 84 because there's a lot of people out there who remember what he did on the ice for the Blackhawks and all those great accomplishments. But at the end of the day, anything that he did off of the ice and those terrible uh, actions and behaviors of his, that's going to overrule anything that you do well in a sport. Real life matters. Sports really don't at the end of the day. And this is coming from someone who loves the game of hockey, who does it as a career. I talked about this with the Blackhawks logo. At the end of the day, it's just a game. And right versus wrong in real life and human life is always going to trump that. So, yeah, tragic that, you know, Bobby Hall passed away this morning at the age of 84. And also tragic that he went on to do those things in his in his post-playing career. So yeah, because of that and because of how the Blackhawks have handled situations like this in the past, it's going to be very curious how they kind of sort through it and how they go about all of this business when they do return to action here in just over a week. All right, there are my thoughts on the passing of Bobby Hall this morning at the age of 84. Coming up in just a moment, I still have to get into our weekly Mailbag Monday fan segment. But first, I need to talk to you all about FanDuel. The NFL playoffs are here, and we're really excited about our new sports betting partner for Lockdown because they're the number one sports book in America. It's FanDuel. And if you're new to FanDuel, then that's even better because FanDuel has so many great features that make betting on sports fun and easy. And for all you new customers out there, join today and get started with $150 in free bets guaranteed when you place your first $5 bet. All you got to do is go and sign up at FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. FanDuel has all of your favorite bets from the money line, the point spread, and player props. Plus, you can even combine all your bets for a chance at a larger payout with the same game parlay feature, all on an app that's safe secure, and super easy to use. So football fans, don't miss out with the Super Bowl on the horizon. Place your first $5 bet to get $150 in free bets, win or lose, at FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. Make every moment more with FanDuel, the official sportsbook partner of the NFL. All right, before I wrap the show up for today, folks, can't forget about our weekly Mailbag Monday fan segment where yours truly over here answers a question from a couple of lucky listeners out there right here live on the show. First question I wanted to answer today comes from Stephanie H. I forgot to pull up the page that I wanted to before answering this question. I got kind of got caught up in all the Bobby Hole stuff, which is just a, a wild situation in its own. What did I want to pull up? Oh, yeah. I'm sorry. This has turned into a disaster. First question I wanted to answer, Stephanie H. I'm probably really letting you down. Stephanie, thank you for emailing in the podcast over the weekend. I appreciate you reaching out. For anyone who's still tuning in to this point of the episode, if you've got a Blackhawks question, you want to hear me answer it on this show this time next week, make sure to reach out. Send me an email, lockdownblackhawks at gmail.com. DM me on any one of my Twitter accounts. I'd love to answer all your questions right here live on the show. The question that Stephanie asked was, it sounds like Jake McCabe is getting lots lots of looks right now around the league. Do you think Davidson pulls the trigger? And what do we get if they do? Is it the right or wrong decision? A lot here, Stephanie, for me to dive into. So Jake McCabe. Jake, Jake McCabe has had a phenomenal season for the Blackhawks, quite frankly. Um, One of the few bright spots for this team. He's had a really solid bounce back season. His first year in Chicago, 
kind of like it went for the entire Blackhawks organization. Didn't go anything as planned. McCabe kind of had an up and down year. Although I, I did think down the stretch of the second half of the season, you did kind of see him find his game, find his peak once again, and kind of get more comfortable and get more locked in and sort of looked like he had found his spot, found his comfort, and was more confident in his game. And that's translated over here through the first half of this regular season so far. Jake McCabe, I mean, you've probably seen all the Blackhawks fans pushing to get him into the All-Star game. Um, Probably one of the only deserving guys on this team, maybe the only deserving guy on this team for the year that he's having. But with him having such a positive season, yeah, that's led to a lot of teams kind of having some interest in Jake McCabe. And listen, I get it. He's a very reliable defensive defenseman, um, very sturdy in front of his own net and along the boards. Not an elite skater, but I think he has good awareness and good IQ to get himself and the puck out of harm's way and out of danger. Makes the easy plays in the offensive zone. And uh, I think he he also does a good job of taking on the role that he has. And if you put, pair him with a more offensive-minded defenseman, like we've seen the Blackhawks do with Seth Jones here as of late, they kind of frees him up to play the side of his game that he'd more like to pay attention to, which is offensively. And that's what the Blackhawks need out of Seth Jones. They need him to be a force offensively. Now, does he also, you know, being a guy who plays nearly half the game, does he still have to be capable on the defensive side of things? Absolutely. I'm not disagreeing with that at all. But with Jake McCabe being the anchor back there, it really allows Seth Jones to go and do the things that he does so well because McCabe is such a strong defensive presence. I see him as, you know, probably a second pairing defenseman on any other team. I don't know if he's a top pairing guy around the NHL right now, but a trusted second pairing defenseman that you can throw out there in defensive zone situations on the penalty kill. He's reliable. And With the Blackhawks being in the situation they're in right now, for those who may be unaware, Jake McCabe is in the second year of a four-year deal with the Blackhawks at exactly $4 million, right? Yep, $4 million flat. He's 29 years old. Um, At $4 million, though, the Blackhawks, given the situation they're in financially, they are going to be able to retain some salary on that deal to move Jake McCabe. Now, is it it's probably not ideal for them to have Jake McCabe on the books for each of the next two years at $2 million. But at the same time, that is probably what will help the Blackhawks up McCabe's value, up the return value, I should say, and what could get them a first round pick, it sounds like, given the history of defensemen kind of at his level, a late first round pick would make sense for Jake McCabe. And, you know, just even a couple of months ago, prior to this, I mean, he's been sturdy all season long, but prior to this recent surge where his strong play has been more notable in the last month, month and a half or so, I was saying if you could get a second round pick for Jake McCabe, I think you absolutely have to do it. Now that there's rumors that he could actually net a first round pick, I, I love Jake McCabe, but you have to get a first round pick for him. I mean, 29 years old. He probably could be a defenseman that you could lean on throughout this rebuild. But at the same time, the Blackhawks need to start opening spots up back there. I've said this many times on the show in the past seven, eight, nine months. I just don't see how the Blackhawks can keep Jake McCabe and Connor Murphy with all the defensemen that are coming up. Plus, you know, Seth Jones is going to be around. I just don't know if there's room for both of those guys in a full blown rebuild. And with McCabe's value being as high as it is right now, 
I think the Blackhawks have to capitalize on that opportunity. So right or wrong in terms of whether or not the decision is, you know, going to benefit the Blackhawks moving forward or hurt them. I think just adding a first round pick, sure, Jake McCabe can sturdy up the defensive pairing for the next three, four, five years, but how many of those are we actually going to spend contending? And Jake McCabe's probably going to be 32, 33 at that time anyway. So, you know, his, his contract's up in two years. I don't know if it would be extended after that. I think the opportunity to get a first round pick is something the Blackhawks would have to say yes at. As much as Jake McCabe has been an awesome value and been one of the only reasons to watch this team on a nightly basis is because of his play. Um, I think that opportunity is just too good to pass up. So I do think Kyle Davidson ultimately does end up pulling the trigger if a first round pick is on the table. Uh, And it sounds like that could be a real situation for the Blackhawks here in the next month leading up to the trade deadline. Second question I'm going to answer today comes from Brennan Kata on Instagram who asked, why do people think Kyle Davidson is doing a good job? He's done nothing to prove he's got this team moving in the right way. What do you think? You know, I read this question several different ways. I couldn't tell if there was some hatred here for Kyle Davidson or just some trust issues. Um, to say Kyle Davidson has done nothing to prove that this team is going in the right way, I think would be untrue just given how the prospect pool has grown and seeing what those prospects are doing right now for their respected clubs. And also given how much success the ice hogs have found this season, I know they're in the midst of a losing skid right now, but all in all Rockford has been pretty solid and there's no doubt that the prospect pool has grown, especially at the forward position since Kyle Davidson has taken over in not even a year. So I I get the hesitancy, but there's no doubt the prospect pool, and while prospects are always unproven and you're hopeful on them, um, I I wouldn't say he's done nothing. But at the same point, there is still a long ways ways to go until he proves that he's the legit general manager for this rebuild. Now, obviously, he's penciled in as that guy right now, and – I've thought he's done a pretty good job so far, but there are still going to be very pivotal moments undoubtedly throughout the next couple of years that he's going to have to make the right decision upon. And the jury really should still be out on Kyle Davidson. I like the start that he's gotten off to. And again, I wouldn't say that he's done nothing, but this is a, as I've put it several times, it's just kind of a filler year for the Blackhawks. There are going to be some years in, you know, two, three, four years down the road where we're actually going to want to see some potential, some growth, some hope that this team actually can become a Stanley Cup contender one day again. And, you know, until the Blackhawks answer that bell correctly, I think the jury's still going to be out on Kyle Davidson. So I do understand kind of the hesitancy there because. He still has a lot to prove. There's no doubt about that. But I also do think that he's gotten off to a really good start and has made a lot of right moves for the Blackhawks being in the first year of a full-term rebuild. So I agree and disagree at that question. Um, I definitely think the jury's still out. But I do think the Blackhawks are unquestionably in a better position than they were a year ago prior to Davidson taking over as the GM. All right, folks, I think that is going to wrap up Monday, January 30th episode of Locked On Blackhawks. Make sure if you're not already to go and follow Locked On Blackhawks right now, 100% for free, wherever you get your podcast and go and subscribe to Locked On Blackhawks on YouTube. You'll be able to get the latest episode as soon as it comes out each day. 
Once again, thank you all for tuning into today's episode. I'm your host, Jack Bushman. You can check me out on Twitter at JackBushman2, or you can also go and check out my strictly Blackhawks account at Talking Hockey for all the latest Blackhawks news and updates. So until tomorrow's episode, it's going to do it here for the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day.